Good day, my friends, and welcome to another moment. Yes, another Black History moment with Bo. And today, I hope you find your life in contentment and locked down with purpose. But I know from experience, some of you, my friends, feel that this is not happening in your world and you feel that a change is inevitable, then I tell you today, go ahead and do it. Don't be afraid to start over because this time you're not starting over from scratch. You're starting over from experience. And just remember, not everything that is faced can be changed. But my friends, Nothing can be changed until it is faced. And it's time that we slip into a little darkness. The New York draft riots occurred in July 1963, when the anger of working class New Yorkers over a new federal draft law during the Civil War, sparked five days of some of the bloodiest and most destructive rioting in U.S. history. Hundreds of people were killed, and many more seriously injured. And African Americans, once again, were often the target of the riotous violence. New York City was the business capital of the nation, And they didn't like the idea of the Civil War as it meant losing the South as a trading partner. Cotton was an extremely valuable product for New York's merchants. Before the Civil War, cotton represented 40% of all the goods shipped out of the city's ports. And long after the slave trade was made illegal in 1808, the city's illicit slave market thrived. The city's business interest was so entwined with the Confederate states that there was even talk of New York succeeding from the Union itself. This was after the war broke out in 1861. I think one of the major contributors to the riot was New York's anti-war politicians and newspapers that kept warning its working-class white citizens, many of them Irish or German immigrants, that emancipation would mean their replacement in the labor force by thousands of freed enslaved people from the South. And they said, no the hell you won't. We will kill you before we let you take our jobs. In September 1862, President Abraham Lincoln announced the Emancipation Proclamation, which would take effect early the following year, confirming the workers' worst fears. And Lincoln's decision sparked protests amongst workers in the city, as well as soldiers and officers in New York regiments who had signed up to preserve the Union, not to abolish slavery. You see, my friends, racial discrimination was not only in the South. 
1863, Lincoln was facing a shortage in manpower. And so the government passed a strict constriction law, which made all male citizens between 20 and 35 and all unmarried men between 35 and 45 subject to military duty. Hello, here comes the draft. Now check this out. Although all eligible men were entered into a lottery, they could buy their way out of harm's way by hiring a substitute or paying $300 to the government, which is roughly $6,000 today. And at that time, that amount of money was the yearly salary for the average American workers, which made avoiding the draft impossible for all but the wealthiest of men. So if you wasn't wealthy, you're in the army now. And what made it worse was that African-Americans were exempt from the draft as they were not considered citizens. Now the riots over the draft broke out in other cities, including Detroit and Boston, but nowhere as badly as New York. Anti-war newspapers published attacks on the new draft law, fueling the mounting anger of white workers leading up to the city's first draft lottery on July 11, 1863. For the first 24 hours after the lottery, the city remained suspiciously quiet, but rioting began early on the morning of Monday, July the 13th. Thousands of white workers, mainly Irish and Irish Americans, started attacking military and government buildings and became violent only toward people who tried to stop them including the insufficient numbers of policemen and soldiers the city's leaders initially mustered to oppose them. But by that afternoon, they had moved on to target black citizens, homes, and businesses. Okay, so let's figure this out. Number one, they're going to take our jobs. And number two, they don't even have to go and fight this stupid war. And because of this way of thinking, a mob of several thousand people, some armed with clubs and bats, stormed the Colored Orphan Asylum on 5th Avenue near 42nd Street, a four-story building housing more than 200 black children. They took bedding, food, clothing, and other goods and set fire to the orphanage, but stopped short of assaulting the children. In addition to black people themselves, rioters turned their rage against white abolitionists and women who were married to black men. White dock workers long opposed the black men working on the docks alongside them. A demonstration against employers hiring black workers on the dock had turned violent early in 1863, took the opportunity to destroy many of the businesses 
near the docks that catered to black workers and attacked their owners as part of their effort to erase the black working class from the city. By far the worst violence was reserved for African-American men, a number of whom were lynched or beaten to death with shocking brutality. In all the published death toll of New York City draft riots was 119 people, although estimates of the actual number of people killed reached as high as 1,200. New York leaders struggled with containing the draft riots. Governor Horatio Seymour was a peace Democrat who had openly opposed the draft law and appeared sympathetic to the riot. New York City's Republican mayor, Judge Opdyke, wired the War Department to send federal troops, but he hesitated on declaring martial law in response to the rioting. On July 15th, the third day of the protest, rioting spread to Brooklyn and Staten Island. The following day, the first of more than 4,000 federal troops arrived from New York regiments who had been fighting in the Battle of Gettysburg. After clashing with rioters in what is now the Murray Hill neighborhood, the troops were finally able to restore order. And by midnight of July the 16th, the New York City draft riots had come to an end. In addition to the death toll, the riots had caused millions of dollars in property damage and made some 3,000 of the city's black residents homeless. The New York draft riots remained the deadliest riots in U.S. history, even worse than the 1992 Los Angeles riots and the 1967 Detroit riots. When the Colored Orphan Asylum attempted to rebuild on the same sites after the riots, neighboring property owners protested and the orphanage would eventually be relocated to the sparsely settled area north of the city that would later become Harlem. You give me lemons, I make lemonade. Stunned by the riots, the abolitionist movement in New York City revived itself slowly. And in March 1864, less than a year after the draft riots, New York City saw its first all-black volunteer regiment in the Union Army. March with pomp and circumstance through the streets before boarding their ship in the Hudson River. But despite this meaningful victory, the draft riots would have devastating impact on the city's African-American community. While the 1860 census recorded 12,400 black New Yorkers, by 1865, the city's black population had declined to 10,000, the lowest number since 1820. So there you have it, my friends. The New York draft riots. 
And if you don't mind, I would like to add my own personal two cents to this. I think the worst thing the United States ever did was to cease the draft. And I say this through personal experience. I fought in Vietnam with men that were drafted. And I think if the draft was around today, we would not see as many gangs roaming the street because these people that join these gangs are only looking for a family. They're looking for someone to tell them that they are of value. While I had all that when I joined the army, I learned to take care of myself. And most importantly, I learned what discipline was. I have a lot of family members in the military today, and they tell me about the prejudice that goes on in the military. Because today the military is basically composed of all whites, with African Americans being a small percentage. But if you look at pictures of soldiers in Vietnam, you see a lot of blacks. It was like 50-50. And there was no racial prejudice because we were all soldiers. And there were not that many gangs in the United States during the draft. And the people that were drafted, many of whom stayed in the army because it was the best thing that ever happened to them. They had no jobs anyway. So the army fed them, clothed them, and taught them to be men. So what in the world is wrong with that today? Because I can guarantee you, a lot of those gang members would never go back to the gangs after they had spent time in the military. I left Akron, Ohio as a young boy, and I came back a man. A man with plans, a man with purpose. And it was not just a hangout. There might be a lot of ex-military homeless people today, but you don't find that many ex-military people in the penitentiary. A military commitment is expected in a lot of countries, why not the United States? Thank you for allowing me to vent. Until next time, my friends, it's been my honor. <laughs>